his plan of redemption, the wisdom of God, his plan of redemption. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 6 to 8, Paul talked about the plan of redemption that God wrought in Christ. I've referred to it already. Can you imagine the perplexing dilemma that Jesus put the Jewish people in? Most of them were expecting a great deliverer. And here comes a shepherd. Not wearing the regal robes, not of royal birth, didn't come out of Jerusalem even. How perplexing, how difficult it was for them to understand this. And yet that's what Jesus did. And that is what he did with his disciples. Look who he chose. You know who the most religious of his disciples was? You know who was best qualified in terms of his background and his lineage? I mean, in terms of, if you just looked at it purely in a natural, you know who was the best qualified? You know who was the only disciple from Judah and Jerusalem? Judas. Judas. All the rest of them are from Galilee. They were fishermen. The one who should have been among the elite of the disciples was the traitor. There should be a lesson in that for us. His plan of redemption is simply this, that he sent Jesus Christ to be the propitiation for our sins, to die for us. Now let me tell you something, folks. There are major denominations today who no longer believe that. They no longer accept that Jesus died a substitutionary death, that he died for us. They believe he died, yes, but they don't believe he died for you. That is not necessary. Major denominations today. Major denominations that if our forefathers and the pioneers of those denominations were to know how their protege, their disciples, their church has turned from this very basic biblical teaching, they'd roll over in their graves. And yet it's true. Major denominations today no longer believe that you have to believe Jesus died for you in order to be saved. But that is the wisdom of God. And his church, oh, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7 and Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 5, you'll find out that the church was a mystery. It was hidden in the Old Testament. Come into the New Testament, God starts using just everybody. Every knothead that he can get a hold of, God will use to his glory to spread this gospel. I mean, look around you, folks. God is using people that, that the world has cast off and discarded. And this is the wisdom of God. This is the mystery of God, that he would do it this way. He chose to do it this way. You know, you've heard that little story about how that when Jesus got back to heaven and he was talking with the angelic host there and he told them, he said, I have turned the work over to my disciples. And they said, do you have another plan? Jesus said, no, I don't have a plan B. That's it. They're going to do it. We are the church. This is the wisdom of God that common men and women of, uh, anointed of the Holy Spirit will do supernatural feats spreading this gospel. Paul said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. On the one hand, Jesus, when he preached, they said, we never heard one speak like this with such authority. On the other hand, he was so meek that he was often dismissed. Paul said, I came to you, I was scared to death. Have you ever seen a preacher get in a pulpit and his knees are knocking? What about you? When you went to minister sometimes, uh, have you ever been scared to death? Weakness. Folks, until we know how weak we are, we'll never know how strong we can be in him.